Welcome to Grace Covenant Church, D.C. You're listening to our weekly sermon podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this message. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, everybody. Good morning. We got a lively bunch this morning. I'm good to hear you. Good to hear you. Well, let me just jump right in with prayer. Father, we bless your name. Thank you so much for calling us. Thank you so much for inspiring our hearts and pouring out your grace and enabling us to just have relationship with you, to be able to say we love you. And even if we're in this room and we're not at the place where we can quite say, I love you, Lord, your grace is so real. Your grace is so poured out on us to enable us to do it. And so we receive your grace. We receive your love. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, we've been walking through all things. Uh, Somebody can finish that for me. All things. Good, good. I hear that strong voice up front. (laughs) That's right. All things. God works all things together. For the good of those who are called, those that love him and are called according to his purpose. This is truth. This is real. This is today. This is relevant. I want to break down a little bit of, you know, what's surrounding that all things being good. Uh, you know, we're, it's in Romans 8.28. Everybody should remember that reference. So that's what we've been walking through. Uh, for the past few weeks. But, you know, in the book of Romans, you know, when I read the word of God, I like reading it in context. I like reading it in such a way that it's like I'm, I'm taking into account what came before and what came after. And in this case, it's really important. Well, in every case, it's really important. But I point out this case because in the book of Romans, Paul the writer, the Apostle Paul, was really addressing some things. He was addressing the all things in that scripture. He was addressing the probably elitism a little bit of the Jewish people. He was addressing the apathy or the the distance of the Gentiles. Anybody who is not a Jew is a Gentile. So he was addressing all, all these things to say you, you're not exempt, you're not excused, you don't get a pass because you're a part of the family of God, you are not uh, just thought of as apart from the people of God. All things and everybody come under this same umbrella. And all things work together for good to those who love God and are called to his purpose. But, you know, that, that statement, all things work together for good, it's, it's not just, it's a conditional statement. Because what comes after it is who love God and are called to his purpose. That, that is the condition on it. It doesn't just work because God is who he is or because he said it. There's the condition that you would, that the person would, who's ever expecting for all things to work together for good, would love God have relationship with him, and that they would agree, I'm called for his purposes. 
So Paul was, he was addressing that, that, that idea. He kind of sets things up. If you ever read the book of Romans, I, I would encourage you to read the whole book. It's foundational to, to our, our Christian faith. Um, and, and read it over and over again. Just don't get to the end of it and say, oh, I read that. I checked that box. Because as you grow in relationship with God, there's growth in your understanding and your receptivity to what he is saying. So when you read it, I read the word over and over and over again, same scripture, but like in a different season of my life. And God speaks something new, something because the word is alive. And so in the beginning of Romans, it's, it's kind of glim. It's, I mean, grim. It's kind of, you know, gloomy. It's like, oh, my goodness, like all fall short of the glory of God. All, all have sinned. There's none righteous. And it's like you're reading to get to the part where what are we going to do? What are, you know, there's a problem here. Well, right about on up into chapter 8, that's when it starts getting good. And he says, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ, who don't, who don't live, who don't walk according to the spirit, according to the, the flesh, but they walk according to the spirit. They trust God. They're in him. They've made a decision to follow him. So this is key and important. Chapter eight is so good. I could stay right there. And so you come on down to verse 28. And he says, all things work together. Well, if you're taking notes, the title of my message today is good to glory. Good to glory. You thought good was it, didn't you? You thought all we were talking about, you thought good was all I got to do is get to good. And I'm good, right? What is the sayings today? Do you need any help? No, I'm good. Oh, I'm sorry. I stepped on your toe. No, you're good. It's okay. It's all, it's all good. It's all, you know, this, this, we, we throw this word around a lot. Good. And you know what? In Christ, it is good. But as the song just said, all things are working for my good. It's, it becomes my good when I embrace God's good. Because to tell the truth, sometimes... You know, I'm in the middle of situations or, you know, just stuff, maybe relationships. You, you, you know what I'm talking about. It's not good. It's, 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 I, I don't see how we can call this good. I think about Joseph uh, going to the book of Genesis. Joseph, if we remember, Joseph was, as you know, when he was born into his family, he was the favorite of his father. He was, he was the favorite of his father, and therefore, he was the unfavorite of all of his brothers. Um, and so they had an idea, you know, why don't we get rid of him? You know, and, and I'm paraphrasing here. You got to read up on it to be able to follow with me. So I'm, I'm trying to tell you some highlighted points. But this is toward the end of the book of Genesis. So they thought, let's get rid of him. They threw him in a pit, a hole that he couldn't get out. You know, maybe one or two of them felt a little guilty. So they went back and said, why don't we sell, sell him into slavery instead? I'm like, okay, um, that, that was the better option. Okay. Uh, so, so they get him out of the pit. They sell him into slavery. I'm sure he's thinking, how is this good at, at that point? And for those of us who know the rest of that story, uh, it did turn out 
for good. All things, even though there were times in which he didn't feel very good about it. It wasn't good at all. The time that he was in prison, you know, for something he did not do. Um, I, I can't imagine what he's thinking. You know, Lord, you know, bring the good at this point. He's been, when, is it, when does it get good? But in all honesty, God was working that situation for good because toward the end, when his brothers, you know, were experiencing and his whole family was experiencing famine where they lived in Canaan, they had to come to the land of Egypt where he had been sold into slavery. But by this time, he was now governor he was he was and he was in power now he was in a position to be able to help you know everybody around him so they had to come and and humble themselves and and, and they didn't even know who he was and they had to depend on you know all of the rations the provisions that he had you know in his wisdom come up with and and all of a sudden the tables were turned Joseph was in a position now where it probably felt like it was pretty good now. He could have taken revenge, but he didn't. Instead, he helped them. He brought his whole family to Egypt. He brought them into the prosperity that God had blessed him with. And so they, again, probably feeling guilty you know, or maybe they were genuinely prompted by, we need to, we need to deal with this and went to him. And they said, you know, we're so sorry. We treated you this way. We treated you, you know, that way for your life, your whole life, but you have shown kindness to us. Do you know what his response was? This is a passage of scripture that has, you know, become quite familiar, but if you don't know it, I want to share it with you. Joseph said to them, but as for you, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. That many might be saved. And so this idea of good to glory involves something beyond us, something beyond what we feel is good what we would call good, this idea of God's good involves his glory, involves us participating in his glory. So I want to, I want to walk you through his good, his goal, his glory. His good, his goal, his glory. That's what we're talking about. All right, so God's definition of good might be a little bit different than ours. And he needs us to participate in that. So those, those times when we feel like, I, wanna, I want to get to the good, I want to, I want to experience good, sometimes it might require us to change our attitudes, to change our definitions, to change our heart posture, to agree with God's good to agree with what he is calling good, with what he is doing to get to his good. Because it doesn't stop as his good. He's working all things together that, that they might work 
and, and stay on a progressive path to his glory. That's the ultimate place. That's why we do this. That's why we make disciples. That's why we come into relationship with him because of God's glory. Do you want to participate in reflecting and becoming that which the world sees of the glory of God? That's what I want to know. Am I speaking to people who want to participate in that? All right. Okay. So let's change our posture. Let's, let's change our faith, our definition of good. It's not just what feels good or convenient or what, what hits the mark as far as we are concerned. But it is what, is what, what God says is good. It was good to God. It was good that Joseph was in prison. Did I just tilt your brain? It was good that he was thrown into a pit. The process that he went through in order to be used by God at the point that he was used by God meant that all those things that happened in his life, the good and the bad, were necessary. And so there are things that you can think about right now. There are things that you are thinking about right now. This don't feel good. I don't like it. I want it to be over. I want it to be better. I want to, I want to feel good. <laughs> I'm with you. I like to feel good. There are songs about feeling good. <laughs> but for God, it's not just about you feeling good. It's not just about you determining that things are good. But it's about his good and his goal. God has a goal. What is God's goal in all of this? I want to read to you from Habakkuk 2:14. The whole earth will be filled with his glory as surely as the waters cover the sea. That's God's goal. That the whole earth would be filled with his glory. And I'm not talking about the ground, okay? I'm talking about what, what are we made of? We're made from the dust of the earth. I'm talking about the hearts of men and women and children. That the whole earth and everything in it would be filled with the glory of God. In Romans, it talks about that you, when you look at creation, you see what? The glory of God. What is the glory of God? The glory of God is the praise and the honor of who he is. That's the glory of God. I want to participate in that. I want the glory of God to fill my heart in such a way that I experience and I reflect his glory. Why? Just so that I can feel the glory of God? No, so that others would see it. Those who don't yet experience it would see it. They would be drawn to it. And they can experience it too. When they make the decision to love God, to follow him, and live according to his purpose. So if God's goal is that the whole earth would be filled with his glory, guess what? His glory is not just like the glory that... Uh, that Perhaps, you know, a king or a queen or, you know, somebody who's just done a great feat. His glory is different than that. His glory is forever. 
That glory is a fading glory. That glory is temporary. How, how often does like a major artist have to put out another album, another album, another album to get more glory, more glory, more accolades? How often does somebody have to win an award and they can go back again like, you know, oh, I don't know the football teams, but they can go back again and again, go back again and again. Because why? The, the glory has faded. They work hard. They work hard to win a Super Bowl. But the, in the very next year, you know, their names, if I ask you who won the Super Bowl last year, do you remember? <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> I got to go a bit further than that. <laughs> my point is, <laughs> my point is that even though they won the Super Bowl last year, the glory fades. That's a temporary glory, but the glory of God never fades. That's the glory. <laughs> That's the glory that we desire, whether, whether you consciously say it to yourself or not, that's the glory that we desire. We desire, we, we have been created to desire, to partake in the glory of God. And God wants to do that. He wants to fill your heart, fill your life, fill you, your household, your neighbors, your coworkers, your classmates, fill everyone with the glory of God. But he needs help to do that. He doesn't need help to do that, but he wants our help to do that. God can literally fill the hearts of every man, woman, and child on his own. But he uses us every time we agree, every time we say, Lord, I love you back. Every time we say, Jesus, I want to follow you and begin a relationship with you. Boom. We become an outpost, a reflection of God's glory. So my question to you is, if you know and if you agree, because that's how Paul started this statement, and we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called to us. But if you know that there's an opportunity for you to participate in reflecting and experiencing the glory of God, would you take it? Would you take it? I want to read this to you because beyond, as I said, you know, it's beautiful when you read uh, the book of Romans and, and any passage of scripture in the context um, in which it sits. So Romans 8:28 says, for we know that God works all things together for good to those who love God and are called to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to become made into the image of his son. That, that he, Jesus, would be the firstborn of many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also what? Glorified. Good 
to glorified. So it doesn't stop at good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But if we walk with God through this process of being predestined, being called, being justified by him, he's the only one who can justify us. Being justified, being glorified by him. Can you imagine the expression that would come out of our lives? Just embrace that right now. The Lord wants to glorify you. Isn't that amazing that the Lord of glory would desire to glorify me, to glorify you? He wants to put you up on a pedestal and say, look, everybody, look at my son, look at my daughter, look at the one who, who loves me, who follows me, who is called to my purpose. When the Lord glorifies you, that puts you in the position to then do what? Glorify him. And when we glorify him, when we shout his name as high as the heavens, somebody has to hear it. Somebody has to respond to it. They have to make a decision if they're going to love God and follow him or not. But when they do make that decision to love God and, and, and decide that I am called to his purpose, then they join in the great cloud of witnesses. They, they join with all the witnesses in this room to bring his name glory. That the whole earth, this is not going to stop until the whole earth is filled with his glory. Every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. And there, there will be people who are not in agreement. But in that day, they will not have a choice any longer. Today, while today is still today, we have a choice. We have a choice to agree with him. We have a choice to say, yes, I agree that all things work together. I agree that I love God and that I'm called to his purpose. We are those who have been glorified. If you have made that decision to say yes to Jesus, yes to God, beginning relationship with him, to obey him for the rest of your life, welcome to the family. <laughs> I, welcome, I, welcome, I welcome you to the team to continue what has been happening for, since the beginning of time, that his name would be glorified. But to those who haven't made that decision yet, you still have an opportunity today. I beg you, don't leave if you haven't made that decision. And if you're unsure whether you made that decision or not, we are going to pray. We're going to take a moment just to affirm. If you have, then we are affirming that we are all joined to bring him glory. If you haven't, that'll be your moment to join this team. So let's pray. Father, we don't take it lightly. The opportunity, the invitation that you have made to us to join in 
your purpose, that purpose to fill the whole earth with your glory. Lord, some of us haven't made that decision yet. We don't know if it's worth it. We don't know if it works. We don't know if we will experience your goodness. I ask that your grace would be poured out now on every heart that's still making that decision. If you're in the room right now, as we all are just before the Lord on our own, nobody has to look around and see what anybody else is going to do. But if you need to make that decision right now, I extend another invitation as Paul did. Just slip your hand up and I know who I'm praying for. And if you want to come forward, we can help you walk out a relationship with Jesus. It is a relationship. It's not just a one-time decision. But you're making decisions for the rest of your life. Let that decision to follow Jesus put the stake in the ground right now. Is there anyone? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, for all of us who have made that decision to respond to your love and say, I love you, Lord. To receive your call to the purpose of bringing your glory in the earth. I ask that you would stir up our passion. We've made the decision to love you and follow you, but some of us get caught in situations that don't feel good. Lord, open our eyes. Help us to see your good in difficult circumstances. Help us to see your good in challenging relationships. Help us to see that you are using that situation for our good. You are working in our hearts and not just to stay at good but even as we experience the good that we would press on to experience and reflect your glory we want your glory Lord upon our lives we want your glory upon our lives so that we would have the opportunity of reflecting a little bit of who you are, reflecting who you are, that others would be drawn to you, that others would see gifting, just amazement upon our lives. It's your glory. Every gift that you have given us, every part of beauty that you have given us, every opportunity that you have given us to show forth our talent it's it's to reflect your glory not just that we would be successful but that someone would see it they would be amazed perhaps they'll connect with us and we would have the opportunity to tell them about you Jesus I pray your grace on all of us to participate in that full of faith in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. 
To learn more about our church or to watch video sermons, visit gracecovdc.org.